The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 258 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Avery, your host. Our topic today is well spouses as family caregivers. Well spouses support their spouses who so often are seriously ill with medically incurable illnesses. Well spouses also support their families and they also support themselves if they can find the time to do that with all the other things that they do. Well, spouses are family caregivers for whom their family caregiving is often stressful and even at times exhausting physically, exhausting psychologically, or even worse still, exhausting financially. Which means that family caregiving can turn well spouses into unwell spouses. Yet well spouses who are family caregivers caring for their spouses still lack all the recognition they need and deserve. For example, they may be referred to as caregivers, which in the healthcare world also means paid caregivers, which is why names like spousal caregivers and family caregivers really do need to be joined together to avoid confusion. Another example, healthcare professionals may be hesitant to see family caregivers, spousal caregivers, as members of the healthcare team. Although that situation is improving, it still does exist as a challenge. And for another example, family caregivers, spousal caregivers may be unable to access healthcare's informational loop. All of which is why organizations like the Well Spouse Association are so important, and all of which is why our topic, Well Spouses as Family Caregivers, is so important. To discuss it, our guest is Terry Corcoran. Now, Terry lives in Falls Church, Virginia. She's been a full time caregiver for her husband, Vince, since 2004. He is severely disabled physically and mentally by the genetic condition Fragile X Associated Tremor Ataxia Syndrome, a serious illness. She's on the board of directors of the Well Spouse Association, which offers support and resources for spousal caregivers. She also serves as the association's public relations chairperson and the editor of their newsletter, Mainstay. She's published articles and has been interviewed for magazine articles and on radio shows about Fragile X-associated Tremor Ataxia Syndrome and the unique challenges of spousal caregiving. Although not formally trained in caregiving, Terry says that, by necessity, she's become well-educated in the trials 
of family caregivers. So, Terry, let's start. Now, please tell us more about your life and your experience of spousal caregiving. Terry, please. Thank you. Um, I married Vince in 1999. It was a second marriage for us both. I was 48 and he was 64. As far as I knew, we were both healthy. Um, A month after we were married, though, he fell down while he was playing golf with no explanation. Uh, From then on, the falling would get more and more. uh, It would happen more and more. He was having trouble walking occasionally, and also his mind wasn't working, but I didn't realize that. He was just apathetic. He was lethargic for the first couple years of our marriage. I didn't know what happened. I thought he just didn't care about me. I thought he just married me and then was going to sit in his recliner and ignore me a lot of the time. Uh, Actually, the cognitive problems were even happening before we were married, but it took me years to realize that in retrospect because they were subtle. It was a loss of interest in his work. It was uh, losing hold of his Uh, finances. Um, He was buying things. People were selling him on the phone. He was losing a lot of money to con men who were selling him strange investments that, that were just stealing his money. And having just married him, I wasn't looking at his finances. I really didn't know what was going on. Um, Anyway, uh, it took five years to diagnose the problem because His condition, Fragile X Tremor Ataxia Syndrome, was not even identified by researchers until 2001 as a condition. By the time we got it diagnosed, it was 2004. At that, by that time, he had become completely disabled. His mind wasn't working. He was falling down all the time. He did not understand that he needed help to walk because of his balance, and he would just keep falling down, and life was just getting worse and worse. Uh, I had to stop working. I started taking full care of him in 2004. By 2005 and 2006, I was burning out very badly. My blood pressure was rising. I finally hired home health aides because I was determined that he wasn't going to a nursing home because this was our marriage and we were going to be together no matter what. I was bound and determined. By the time he was diagnosed, I understood that there was a dementia element to this. Never having met anyone with any kind of cognitive impairment, I would not have recognized it. I really just didn't think he cared about me or anything else. But now all of this this made sense, and I could understand it, and I knew that he still loved me because he would still be himself part of the time and would tell me he loved me up until just recently when he really isn't talking much at all now. Um, After a while, I'd say maybe by 2009, his condition plateaued. He was given some drugs that kind of kept it in check. By this time, though, he was could not do anything for himself. He needs help with all activities of daily living. He can't feed himself. He can't dress himself. He's very healthy, though. I have managed to keep his general health excellent. His blood work is excellent. He's 79 years old now and is healthy and he's strong. He just doesn't have a working brain, so he can't move his strong arms and legs in the right way because his brain isn't sending the messages. So at this point in time, we have home health aides 10 to 11 hours a day. Uh, There are two men that I have, one during the day and one in the evening, and they shower him and they feed him and they just help me get him to the doctor if need be. 
So we pretty much have a routine now, and things have been more settled in the past couple years. Uh, my husband is very easy now in the way that he's content, never gets upset, never gets frustrated because that part of his mind is not functioning. So he's as peaceful as can be. He's never in any pain. He's happy to sit in his recliner and watch TV all day. So, now I'm, going to, um, I'm going to move on to the next question mm-hmm. because there's an obvious link, I think. Right. Um, you're going, I'm going to be asking you about the work of the Well Spouse Association and what you do for it. But I, I think I'm right in saying, aren't I, that your experience of uh, spousal caregiving led you to the um, Well Spouse Association and, be, and you became part of its history. So please tell us about the work and your work with the Well Spouse Association. Well, I was was thrilled to find it in 2005. Somebody told me about it, um, that they had read an ad for it in the local newspaper. Uh, From the beginning, I just, I wanted to find other people who were in this situation because it is so isolating. You know, all of a sudden your husband can't do anything, your old friends drop away, there's just, you're just so isolated. And somebody told me about this this um, organization, and I immediately called the local person because we do have a local support group here in Northern Virginia. And I went to my first meeting in 2005, and it was just wonderful. You walk into this room full of people, maybe about 10 people, who just immediately know what you're going through. They just they get it. They're all going through the same struggles, even though everybody's spouse has a different illness. They are all long-term chronic illnesses. So this is a support organization for people caring for spouses or partners with long-term disabilities that are not going to get better. It just can go on for years and years and years. Uh, The support comes in many different forms. They have an online forum for people who don't have a local support group. We have people from all over the world that get on there and we can chat to each other and we can vent and say whatever we want. It's a secure forum. You are checked out before they allow you on there. We have local support groups in most of the states in the United States. I think there are a few in Canada. I think there's one starting in Tokyo even. Wherever we have a member that wants to start one and get people together, we can make this happen. Uh, We also sponsor respite weekends for those who can get away. They can get away for a quiet weekend with other well spouses in the mountains or some nice place. There's an annual national conference in a different city every year. They just had one this past weekend in Philadelphia where uh, you get together and they give workshops and social events, and it's just for the well spouse, and it is just a wonderful, wonderful thing if they can get there. Uh, We have uh, two newsletters. One is a print newsletter that comes out every two months, which, uh, which I am the editor of. It is called Mainstay, and it is stories by and for well spouses, our own personal stories, poetry, artwork, uh, whatever they like to share. We have an electronic newsletter called the Member Minute. Every two weeks it goes out to all the members with links to all kinds of useful articles about caregiving, about resources. We have telephone support groups for those who don't have local support groups. If you'd like, you can get on the phone once a month and have a support group on the phone. Uh, we can have a mentor. If, if you want one-on-one help, you can ask for one of the older members to help you out. We also have former well spouses, those whose spouses have passed on. They, a lot of them stay in the organization, and they support each other, and, and they still support us and let current well spouses kind of know what's lying ahead for us. 
we've just started a military outreach where we're reaching out to military spouses and giving them the first year free membership, even though the membership's only $30. Um, if, if some people can't afford that. So it's just an amazing, amazing organization full of love, support, and understanding. And I'm just responding to what you're saying by with this, that you've mentioned just how isolating the experience of the kind of spousal caregiving you experience really is. And what I'm hearing from you is how the Well Spouse Association challenges, targets, and deals with the isolation. And I think that's an extremely powerful message. Now, I'm talking of powerful things. It's time when we have to pay the rent, so I'm going to take the short break now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Terry Corcoran. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile, Radio to Thrive By. When you think of museums, what comes to mind? Is it ancient history? Rotating displays of collections? Are they nice places to visit? Or are they essential to our cities and society? Listen for Museum Life with host Carol Bossert. We'll discuss what the attraction is and historical importance of museums and what they contribute to the economic makeup of our cities and country. Museum Life can be heard live every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Adoption changes a family forever for the adopters as well as the adoptees. There are many adjustments that need to be made from lifestyle to financial And the personal rewards are unlimited. Listen every week for Your Adoption Coach with Kelly Ellison. We will examine in detail such topics as international and domestic adoption. We will talk with adoption professionals and hear stories about real families adopting. If you've been thinking about adoption or recently began the process, you'll want to tune in to be inspired every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Terry Corcoran. Our topic is Well Spouses as Family Caregivers. Now, Terry, let's talk about the challenges encountered by spouses providing spousal caregiving. So, Terry, please highlight for us the most challenging of the challenges encountered by spousal caregivers and the circumstances in which these challenges arise. Terry? Of course, each case is different because everybody's dealing with different degrees of illness, but there are basic general similarities. And I'd say the biggest problem is, you know, if your spouse is really disabled, you are living two lives. You are taking care of the spouse, you're taking care of yourself, and you're taking care of everything in your lives, the finances, the home maintenance, the shopping, and if you have small children in the house, that's even more of a challenge. So um, it's just, it's overwhelming. It's very hard to find time for yourself. You have to, managing the illness means managing doctor's appointments, medications, medications. finances. Finances can be extremely difficult because if you need help and you need to pay help, you need the money for that. And it's like I always say, the buck stops with me. Even though I have help, if they need to take the day off, they can just do that. And I'm stuck. You know, I then need to be on my own. Some days I have to take care of my husband on my own. And in those days, he doesn't get out of bed because I can't get him out of bed myself. So it's just I think for a woman, the hardest thing is having to be the man of the house and doing all the repair stuff, taking care of the cars. And I'm always telling my husband, this is man's work. And likewise, the men caregivers probably don't enjoy doing cooking and cleaning and all of those kind of chores that women normally do. So you just, it's overwhelming. Everything's a challenge. Terry, just to continue with that same question, do you, uh, do you get time, any time, sufficient time to take care of yourself? Uh, I really try. I try to. I do exercise every day. I'll take 20 to 30 minutes. I do workout videos at home in between aids. I'm alone with my husband in the afternoon, and so I will do a workout then. And um, I do try to eat well. I'm always trying to improve my diet, and I do go to bed at the same time every night when my husband does. Um, it doesn't mean I'll sleep all night. He's usually pretty quiet once in a while, though. There will be coughing that I have to deal with that he's doing. But um, you just really have to try hard. You have to just say, at the end of the day, I'm going to bed. I'm not going to stay up and do chores. If it's not done by this time, it's not going to get done today. And um, I try to find time to just sit down and read because I love to do that 10 minutes a day or sit down at my piano and sing show tunes, just the things that I love to do. Um, I do get out because I have an aide here, so I can get out and do shopping. I have lunch with friends. I visit my grandchildren who are about half an hour away, usually once a week. So um, I do my best to take care of myself, but it, it's not easy. Right. Now... Talking about things that aren't easy, there are emotional consequences of the challenges encountered by spousal caregivers. Please, could you talk about the emotional consequences and the circumstances in which these especially arise? Terry? Yeah, for me, that the emotional is the most challenging because I have basically lost my husband. He, he rarely talks. Um, we never had a normal marriage. He was having symptoms of this illness 
since before we were married. So I, I feel very cheated. And emotionally, it's just been extremely hard not to have that communication and to have just lost him. Um, then there are other well spouses who will say, I'm lucky that he doesn't talk because sometimes an ill spouse will be uh, very angry and very frustrated and lash out a lot at the well spouse just because of their own frustrations at being sick. I mean, marriage is based on balance. You know, a marriage is hard enough between normal people, and you're always trying to maintain that balance of, you know, meeting each other's needs and your own needs, and that all goes out the window in, in this spousal caregiving situation. So it's, it, emotionally, it is very difficult. And does that read back into the isolation, the loneliness that you were referring to? Right, especially when your spouse isn't talking. It, it can get downright scary, you know, it's sort of creepy when you're alone with this this person that just doesn't talk. So, right. yeah, it's hard. Yeah. And so back again to what the Associate Well Spouse Association does and support is it brings people together who are united because they are spousal um, caregivers. Um, though their circumstances as you've said, differ considerably. At the same time, there are basic things that they all experience, and you've mentioned isolation, and you've also mentioned emotional consequences. Now, I, I want to move you to another question, which is explaining the information needs. In other words, what did you need to know from, if you like, the first day that you realized that there was something the matter and what sort of challenges did you experience and what sort of challenges do you know about that other spousal caregivers have experienced in getting the information they really need to know the information they need to have to understand what their role is and what they have to contend with terry well, yeah, this is very difficult for me and for others. We all seem to have this problem of, of getting the right information. Um, in my husband's case, he was diagnosed after five different doctors and five years of wrong diagnoses, and pretty much you have to do your own research. What I did on the Internet was find the people who did discover this illness who were on the West Coast, and I'm on the East Coast, but I made contact with those doctors, and they, over the years, are the ones who have suggested the medications that my husband takes. So uh, they, they have been just absolutely wonderful because the doctors here don't really seem to care to do the research because my husband is the only patient that has this, and they don't really want to waste their time. So I've done a lot of research. I've read every research paper I can find. Um, even for people who have diseases like Parkinson's or Alzheimer's that are more well-known or even diabetes and, and those kinds of illnesses, the medical knowledge is just so scattered. It seems like there's, there's no standardized, centralized information. Every doctor has different medications, different therapies, different procedures, and you just always are shopping around for the doctor that seems to make sense to you. And, you know, and, and on top of all the medical information, you need legal information because you have to start doing powers of attorney so that you can speak for your husband and make decisions for them when they have dementia and, and wills and estates and all the legal stuff that you absolutely know nothing about. So you have to ha you know, hire lawyers and draw up all the paperwork. 
uh, and you need you need help. You need to find medical equipment. You need to find home health aids, and you're just really on your own out there. I remember years ago thinking my husband, okay, he's not walking. What do I do? The doctor goes, speak to a physical therapist. Physical therapist says, well, speak to this wheelchair salesman, and you know, and that was all useless. But basically, he he really doesn't have a wheelchair. He has a transport chair for when we take him out, and we just put him in his recliner every day and move him around the house, you know, with the aid and the walker or whatever. And um, you know, I just kind of made it up as I went along. You, you just really have to. There, it's very hard to just get that information handed to you. Right. When I was introducing you, I was um, t- telling our listeners that you've done a fair amount of broadcasting and writing about the health condition that your husband has. And I interpret that to mean that you've been reporting your research findings, uh, reporting your knowledge and the things that you've come to understand to this wider audience. Is that right? Right, yes, and actually what my husband has is not all that rare. It's just that it was newly discovered in 2001, and it takes a long time for the information to get out there to become general knowledge to other doctors. And over the years, I finally found other, you know, a group of people on the Internet who are dealing with this illness. We have our own Facebook page for caregivers of people with my husband's condition. And um, so that's wonderful, too. We can all share, you know, what we're dealing with in that way. So I've, I've done my best to just get the word out there about this because a lot of doctors still don't know about it. And that's another challenge, isn't it, that when you, the spousal caregiver, know more about the condition that your spouse has, um regardless of whether it's rare or whether it's difficult or whatever it is, that's something, and I'm speaking now as a one-time physician myself, I'm retired, um, it's not easy for a doctor um, to be told that, in effect, they're not up to date. Have you encountered that problem? Um, what, that they didn't want to be educated by me? Yes. Um it depends. Um, so I would just bring them, in the beginning, I would, you know, print out, study paper, you know, the papers I found on the Internet. Um, Some of them did contact the doctors in California. I would give them that contact information. And, you know, some of them, you know, took the information. Others just kind of, you know, kind of shrug it off and do their own thing. Um, You know, it's it's really the neurologists who are basically dealing with this. Uh, The other doctors that my husband goes to just for normal maintenance of all the other parts of his body, they haven't really seemed interested in this, and even his primary care doctor seems like he's afraid to sort of mess with it or, you know, he does his job. But, but you know, the boundaries of what each doctor do are very, are, are really marked. They don't want to cross the line of their own little specialty. Right. Now, I think what this comes to is that the role of the spousal caregiver, the family caregiver, as someone with the eyes and ears to observe what their spouse is experiencing and someone who's collecting experience, describing experience and conveying it to doctors is one of the several ways in which I think family caregivers, spousal caregivers need to be better recognized. Um, And we'll have a chance to talk about that in the the next 
two episodes, sorry, next two segments, because I want to know where we go with all of this. So let's take the break now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Terry Corcoran. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Very rarely does our news media spotlight some of the good things that are happening in our world. For more of these good stories and the people that are creating them, tune in to Bread for the Journey with Mariana Cacciatore. Whether these good acts stem from personal tragedy or just a desire to help out and make this a better world in which to live, you'll find inspiration in every week's program. Connect with those that are doing something great for a change. Listen for Bread for the Journey, Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Listen for Trust Across America every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in as host Jordan Kimmel is joined by national experts in the fields of accounting, finance, organizational behavior, and sustainability, as well as companies that are applying strategies that are enabling them to be recognized as doing the right thing by the American Trust Awards. Your host Jordan Kimmel is himself a trusted professional with years of experience in applying strategies and consulting with today's leading firms. Trust Across America is heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back. To our listeners, to Family Caregivers Unite and Terry Corcoran. Our topic is well spouses as family caregivers. Terry, now let's talk about the help needed by spousal caregivers in overcoming the challenges they encounter, the challenges you've been talking about. So first off, what help is needed by spousal caregivers to overcome the most challenging of the challenges you mentioned? such as the emotional challenges. What help does spousal caregivers need? Uh, whatever they can get. And, of course, then that depends on their situation. But uh, it, it just whatever. If you don't have an aid like I do, you might need help 
transporting the spouse to a doctor. You might need somebody to sit with them so you can go out to the store if they can't be left alone, Um, even just to visit with them because I find as a well spouse, I I can't even spend that time just kind of being with my husband because I'm so busy taking care of him that I've often wished there were other people around that, that would just come in and just talk to him and just, you know, give him a little change of scenery, you know, or a different different people to be around. Um, it would be wonderful to get help with home maintenance, especially for a woman who can't do these things. Um, me, personally, I would love somebody to help me with the cooking. I have to puree all of my husband's meals. I've been doing this for two years, and it takes up a good part of my day, and I would just love for somebody to help me with, with that or to bring me food because by the time I finish pureeing his food, I don't even want to eat or make myself anything, and um, that becomes a challenge. Sometimes it would be nice to have people to do errands for you. Um, One thing a friend did for me in the very beginning of this, which I am so grateful for, it seems like a little thing, but it, it was wonderful. She got the paperwork for me to get a handicap placard for our car so we could park in handicap parking. She found online where the application was and handed it to me. And to me, that was such a great gift that I didn't have to go hunting that down. So it could just be something small like that that would just be so appreciated. And, of course, the emotional support, you know, for somebody to just listen to you, not give advice, but listen. Um, We get a lot of unwanted advice as caregivers. It's really, you'd be surprised to see how many people have suggested to me that I might put my husband in a nursing home as if I had never heard of nursing homes. Um, I have one in my backyard, actually. There's one that backs up to our house, and my prayer is to just keep him out of there and keep him at home. But um, you just need somebody like our support group members do to just to just listen, to just be a friend. Um, it's good to go to counseling if you can, to go to therapy. Sometimes an antidepressant will help. Um, I have found my church to be a wonderful, wonderful support. Uh, the people there are wonderful. They bring communion to me and Vince on Sundays. The priests have visited. Uh, you just really need people just to talk to so you don't feel so isolated. You can get so depressed, and just talking to somebody on the phone can lift you right out of it. Now, still with the emotional consequences and those kinds of challenges, um, does there come a point where you feel that you can't go on? Or if not you, Terry, then others. Do do people reach that point, Terry? Yeah, um, I have many, many times. uh, You call it hitting the wall or or burning out or melting down. I mean, some people, that, that's why some people do put their spouses in nursing homes. Not that that's easy either because that, you know, opens another whole bunch of problems because you have to supervise what goes on there and they get very lonely for each other. That's not, you know, a great solution either. But um, if it weren't for my faith, I don't know what would have happened to me. I, I Because of this illness, I learned how to believe in God. I didn't used to, but... Uh, my husband's church reached out to me. I became a member of it, and I somehow did all this reading, and I I do believe, and God has made himself real to me and has gotten me through. So I feel like I do have that to depend on now, that God will be there for me. Otherwise, I don't know. You know, I've had a lot of meltdowns over the years where you just cry and cry and cry and really don't think you can take one more step, and then 
Um, but then in a way that's good too because you get out of your system and then you can just kind of get up and go again. You start taking a few steps and then you're, you're going again. But uh, there, there have been cases where people, caregivers have killed themselves too. I mean, it's, you know, not frequent, but it, it has happened because they just feel so hopeless and overwhelmed. In a situation, and I've often heard the term burnout used, and I think that describes what you've just been talking about. In a, a situation where um, a spousal caregiver feels exhausted, feels burned out, cannot continue, that's how they feel, where should they go first for help? Um, that's hard to say. It just depends on... You know what? You know certainly if if you're connected with the church, talk to a priest or minister. Um, well, spouses is, is really the best thing I think for most people. You can just you know if if you're upset in the middle of the night, you can get on the forum and type it out, and somebody will answer you. You know without a lot of time passing by. There's always somebody there, and um, you know just talk to somebody. If, if there's a friend, you can call up. Just I, you know, talking just makes you feel better. You can just get so lost in that isolation and loneliness and craziness that sometimes it just takes talking to a friend and knowing that somebody out there does care about you, does respect what you're doing, um, that can go a long way. Is it also uh, true to say that feelings of loneliness um, are important in throughout, but particularly when people are feeling, uh, this is a phrase, at the end of their tether. And if so, then the isolation and the loneliness you've been talking about and the way in which the association addresses that by bringing people together, that sounds to me like an enormously important source of help for people for whom the emotional consequences at a particular time are becoming difficult. Have I got that right? Oh, absolutely. In fact, once you're in the organization, you make friends in your local area or even online, and a lot of us, you know, have become friendly. We can call each other on the phone, and and you know that you can go to somebody like that because you know they understand. You, you often don't want to burden a friend who's not a caregiver because you feel like you're burdening them, and they don't get it anyway. So, um, But a well spouse, you know, I always tell people, too, my well spouse friends, call me anytime. Just call. Just vent. Just let it out, and we do, and we understand, and that just, just to talk to one other person who understands you. There's a phrase that's often used, which is, been there, done that. Mm -hmm. That, it seems to me that that's a factor in the benefit of the way in which you are all working together. That is to say, in the middle of the night, you want to be talking to somebody who in their own way has been there, done that. In other words, understands what you're going through and can relate to you, speak to you, discuss with you in ways that reflect their own experience as, and not just giving advice that, confining themselves to giving advice that really isn't very helpful. Have I got that right? Yeah, and, and another thing, too, that's very important I found in, in Well Spouse is just just sharing with other people. You tell your story, they tell theirs, and, you know, you often feel like 
you know, you're lucky because sometimes other people's stories sound so much worse than yours. It's like, you know, we're all given, I guess, what we basically can deal with. And to hear somebody else's story, it's like, gosh, I couldn't deal with that. And they'll tell me, oh, God, I couldn't do what you do. And just it, just having that, that conversation, it opens your perspective and it makes you, you know, it makes it seem not so bad. Just Just to be doing that sharing, it just takes this load off of you, you know, it, it just happens. All right, great. Now, I'm going to ask you the question about spousal caregiving, caregivers getting the information they need and overcoming the challenges that they experience. You've talked a lot about your own research and the work you do. Um, what help do caregivers, spousal caregivers generally need to get the information that they actually need? Terry? Um, yeah, it's really hard because things, like I said, are, are just so fractured um, in our, our medical community. It's just kind of a free-for-all. You know, there's no centralized or standardized anything, and you're just kind of left out there on your own and, you know, dealing with therapists and insurance companies and a doctor for every part of the body. And, um, you know, certainly it would be helpful if, if all of this was just more standardized, if the country could just pull it together more and put more resources where they're needed, um, you know, then they, you know, there's so much money that is just wasted. Um, caregivers need AIDS. A lot of people, they, they can't afford it. You know, not only are is life expensive as a caregiver, but then you're, you're not working. You have to quit work to take care of a spouse, so you lose, you lose, you lose everywhere you look. And um, I'm lucky in that right now I can afford to hire aides, but some people can't, and, and I think that there ought to be a way for these people to be subsidized so they can get the help, you know, and, and get whatever they need, whether it's information or physical help and... Um, and I, and I also think that the, the aides need to be trained better. There more needs to be put into that because most of the people that show up at your house, you know, maybe had two weeks of training and, and, and you've kind of got to train them. And, and that's not a really good situation either. It can take a long time to find somebody that really works for you. So um, it, it's just hard. You're just, there is no easy answer to how you get the information you need. Every county in the United States does have a, an area office for aging where you can get some basic information. Um, but, again, that's a big bureaucratic, you know, thing, and, and you're still on your own, you know, going through tons and tons of pages of information on whatever you need to help you with. Um, and as far as getting subsidies to help with finances, that's very complicated, too. You have to be pretty much impoverished to get any help at all, and that has very long um, application processes. And, it, you know, I don't have the answers. I just know that it's just very hard to get the help you need in this society. And just very quickly, I'm going to say back to you, that's why the association is so important in gathering together the community of spousal family caregivers and giving them voice so that they can get their voices listened to, their needs understood, and so that they can get the help they need. And you also now, get some of your best information also from the other well spouses. You know, that 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 could be a good place to get information on right. whatever just, medical equipment. Yeah. Just like you. Mm -hmm. Now, 
we're going to take the break. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guest is Terry Corcoran. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The daytime discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com. And now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. You'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnists. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show. Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to... To family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Terry Corcoran. Our topic is well spouses as family caregivers. Terry, I want now to talk about the things that you would like to do and you would like to see done to help spousal caregivers. So, first question is, what more would you like to do through your work with the Well Spouse Association to help spousal caregivers? Terry? Well, we're always trying to reach out to the spousal caregivers to know that our organization is there because that's hard to do also. You know, with so many people, it's hard to just find all the spousal caregivers. Um, and interestingly, I've heard it seems a lot of spousal caregivers don't even identify themselves as caregivers, they just kind of do it and because they're there. And that I never understood because I felt like a caregiver from day one. But um, we, we really want to just find these people because we know that they are suffering and they're just having a really hard time. And once they do found, find well spouse, they are so grateful and 
so glad. Um, and I would like to see the organization also grow to the point where we can help people financially, give them grants to go to respite weekends or to conferences if, if they they are able to go, but they just can't afford it, which is the case with, with a lot of well spouses. Just, um, you know, or just, you know, we're always trying to gather useful information on our website. So just to grow and grow the organization. Now, what more would you like to see done? And it's you I'm asking this question mm-hmm. to. Would you like to see done by the healthcare and social systems to help spousal caregivers? Terry? Um, again, I would like them to simplify things. I would like <laughs> I would like all the medical things to be coordinated so that all of your doctors know what's going on and you don't have to run between them bringing test results from one to the other. Um, but, you know, I I probably shouldn't talk too much about my frustration with our healthcare system, but it just uh, that absolutely could be made better, could be simplified, could be better organized. Um, everything is seems to be throwing up obstacles to you. It is so hard sometimes just to get a prescription refilled. And when your husband has dementia and you're the healthcare advocate, they make it so difficult. You have to send powers of attorney to places like Medicare just so they'll talk to me on the phone instead of him. And it doesn't matter that you say he has dementia, he can't talk. You have to get a legal thing that says that and fax it to them. And there is just, it just seems that there are so many obstacles that people set up that are just needless. I mean, sometimes just getting a prescription filled can be such a a headache because the pharmacy doesn't communicate with the doctor's office. And it's, you know, there's things like that that just don't seem necessary to me. Certainly they can do a better job with the whole system. Would it be fair to say then that I'm going to use the word bureaucracy is getting mm-hmm. in the way. Is that a fair comment? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Everything is forms and applications and uh, legalities and privacy, all this privacy, privacy stuff that, you know, even people whose spouses can still speak to themselves, the doctor won't sometimes not speak to the spouse because of the Privacy Act. It's like, well, we've got to get your spouse's permission to speak to you. And, you know, and, and it's the spouse that sees what's going on. A doctor sees a patient for 10 minutes, and you can't really tell what's going on. And sometimes doctors won't even listen to the spouse unless they're legally designated that they can speak for them. So, so in, th- in that way, I'm just feeding back something to you that I think that's one reason why spousal caregivers, family caregivers need more respect from the healthcare and social systems, respect for who they are, what they do, why what they do is so important, and how what they do can be actually helpful to the professionals who are providing care. Absolutely. Okay, you go along with that? Yes. Right. Now, something a little different. What's your message for spousal caregivers who are just starting out on their journey of spousal caregiving? right at the very beginning. What's your message for them? Uh, Well, you should sign up for the Well Spouse Association so that you won't be alone because truly you are not alone. There are so many of us. There are um, probably about 7 million spousal caregivers in the United States alone. So you really aren't alone. And whatever you're feeling or thinking, no matter how awful you think it is, 
others have felt and thought the same thing. Um, I used to think I was horrible because I would see healthy couples and I'd feel jealous. Well, turns out all the well spouses feel that way. So, um, it, you know, and it's, it's okay to cry. It's okay to have your emotions. Crying is healthy. You don't have to put on a strong front and try to be brave and stoic because that'll just kill you on the inside. Um, but, you know, on the positive side, though, the, the, you know, there can be a lot of blessings in it. There can be the good things that come out of it. I personally have, have grown so much personally, as painful as it is, I have grown, I have learned so much, and I think I have met the best people in the world through WellSpouse because, you know, they are the most caring and kindest people in the world. And you also have to learn to love and respect yourself, respect what you're doing, and that will enable you to take care of yourself, to not feel guilty that you're not doing enough. You have to just kind of mother yourself and be compassionate with yourself because, you know, there's not going to be anyone else around taking care of you. That's a very strong message, and Terry, I uh, urge everyone who's listening to hear that and take it for what it is, which is a story, a message from the heart of someone who's been there and done that and is still there and still doing that, that is traveling the journey of spousal caregiving. Now, I would just like to make a comment back um, overall, and that is... Your association is, in effect, a community. That's right, isn't it? Yes. Right. And communities, more and more, are in our society, and this is a good thing, getting voice, that is to say, through the Internet and in other ways, they are starting to be listened to. There's a way to go. It's by no means... Uh, is, is the problem solved but what we've just done this internet radio show I very much hope and indeed I'd be very proud if I thought that this would be helping you the association and you the community of the association and you the individuals in the association with their work with their efforts with their needs and also with that importance of getting themselves the recognition that they need and from the recognition getting the support they need to carry on with the work they're doing. Um, and I think that through episodes like this, Terry, you speak the way you speak and others speak is a, is a way of doing it. There are many ways of doing it. There's no single solution to this problem, but there are movements. You're part of it. Not only are you a mover in that sense, a writer, uh, a speaker, a member of an association that's growing, your ambitions for it are close close, close, close with the interests of everyone in North America. And in that way, I hope you, I'm speaking from Canada, as I think you know, and I hope, and I will do whatever I can to support you, to recruit members in Canada, because they need what the association does every bit as everybody else in North America does. So thank you, Terry. Well, thank you for being such an advocate for caregivers. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love, I love them. And I want to say all success to you in your thank work. You. Keep up the, keep it up because it's 
one of the most important things that's going on in our society. Now, I want to say thank you to our listeners. Um, we'd like to hear comments on this episode. And from our listeners, I'd like to hear about ideas for topics or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. Our next episode will be immigrants and refugees trying to fit in. Please join us. Same time, same spot on the Internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 